asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing end of year deadlines, how to reduce your taxes, and maximize your money. Yeah, boy, the clock is ticking. Uh, oh, did you finish uh, watching Stranger Things, by the way? No, I still haven't finished. Yeah. I think I've got one episode left. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, the grandfather clock ticking. It's so good. I just haven't prioritized watching it, the ending, sadly. It, well, when they make them that long, uh, those episodes are so stinking long. You have they to really commit were. to... Uh, it's not like the old days where you just sit down for a solid 35 minutes, like maybe 45 minutes. Each episode was the length of a movie. Was a yeah, full full length, full feature movie. No, that's what I was, I was picturing, that, that clock ticking. <laughs> which, by the way, also kind of sounds like the beginning... Of a stick song. I'm, I'm trying to think which one okay, it was. I can see that. Every time that happened, I'm like, what song from the 80s does that keep reminding me of? I, well, but I haven't looked it up, but I know there's a stick song that sounds like well, that. Well, thanks for reminding me of my dad uh, by bringing up a sticks <laughs> reference also. <laughs> oh, man. I had I totally have the uh, best hits of sticks. It's like that, that black album. They've got a lot of no, great I songs. like some sticks. And, and my dad's more of a Doobie Brothers guy, but still, I, he. I can see him. He can talk sticks with you Doobie for Doobie Brothers, Almond <laughs> Brothers, all those guys. That's right. Uh, but yeah, that is what we're talking about today. We're talking about just some of these things that you need to get done before the end of the year. I'm excited to get into it today, bud. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing that you don't need to do, though, uh, before the end of the year is sign up for a home warranty. Uh, and Matt, I got this this letter in the mail. I don't know. When, when you buy buy a new thing. house, yeah, it's pretty goofy looking. It looks like a check like made oh, out to me yeah. from a home warranty company. It's got your name on it and everything. And they're saying it's only $199, which uh, you know sounds like not a not a terrible move. Like, cool. If this is like some insurance policy and I only have to pay 199 bucks for, then this might be worth the money. It's an official looking letter too. It's, it's got the window on the front and they, they make them look more and more legit every day. We were just teaching they her really daughter. Do. She was like, daddy, should we hang on to this? She was like throwing out some junk mail. She's like, it's got your first, middle and last name on it. And I was like, actually, yeah, let me take a look <laughs> from the uh, from the government. When they make it sound like it's this limited time thing and they got your back and just all the fine print is just so frustrating to read. And then they say, not all consumers have previous coverage. We're not affiliated with your current mortgage holder. This is not a check because it kind of looks like a check. <laughs> and so, I don't, yeah, just watch out for this kind of crap in the mail. And in particular, when we're talking about home warranty companies, 
companies. You have to look at the fine print behind what they're offering, how much a service call is going to cost you, what appliances in the home they're covering. Typically, these insurance policies, they're not even worth 199 bucks no. uh, a, a year. It sounds cheap, but the reality is you might just be throwing away $199. And it's probably going to be more hassle working with this home warranty company to get repairs done and potentially even more costly than just setting aside money month after month to pay for repairs on your own. Most definitely, man. The, uh, the the check in the mail, it's an effective marketing technique. I know I received something- it grabs your attention. From, I think, was it from the state of Georgia or from the federal government? But I had some extra money that was due to me. And, and it, you got it in a check form? They, not direct deposit? They sent it as an actual check. Really? As, as an actual check, yep. Uh, I, don't, I cannot remember what it was. I just saw that it was legit. Snapped a picture of it, deposited it, threw it away. So. Okay. <laughs> I think if I tried that with this, my bank would be like, sorry, this, did you not read the fine print? You a sucker. This isn't actually a check. Yeah. But yeah, I, I hate I hate these like insidious marketing techniques where it looks like it's some sort of legitimate document that you've got to take a look at. Then you open it up and you're like, oh, dude, this is just some ploy to try to nab my money. And I think a lot of people, though, might see this and they're like, oh, yeah, this just seems like a, a, a worthy use of my dollars. I'm using it to protect my finances. But in in reality, uh, these companies just want to like suck you dry. That's right. You're just getting sold something you don't need. Uh, let's introduce the beer we are enjoying during this episode. This is called Pickle Down Economics. And that's right. Pickle Down, not Trickle Down. <laughs> uh, this is another beer by Bosk Brewing Company. Uh, this is one of the many beers that Bob and his wife donated to the show. So thank you so much, Bob. Looking forward to enjoying this one, Joel, and sharing our thoughts at the end of the episode based on the face that you've made. I can already tell you may not be a fan of pickles. Well, but <laughs> we'll see. I'll give my thoughts at the end of the episode. But we will see. But this is a great name for a beer with oh, pickles in it. Oh, it's so good. Especially for I money nerds, right? Pickle Down <laughs> Economics. Yeah, the, the name is a, at least a 10. And we'll give our, our tasting notes, our thoughts on how we enjoy this beer at the end of the episode. Mm, totally. But let's get on to it, Matt. Let's talk about those end of year deadlines and and we're going to talk about reducing taxes. We're going to talk about basically maximizing your money moves and doing things in the most efficient manner since you've got just one quarter left for the rest of the year, less than 100 days until we hit 2023. And you know, we, we all need reminders in our lives. I don't know about you, Matt. I remember like uh, buying a Palm Pilot back in the day, trying to get my crap together because I was so utter, utterly useless when it came to- Did a Palm Pilot? Be, yeah, dude. Like, and- one old dude. <laughs> I know, I know. It was it was just this desperate attempt to keep some sort of order and sanity in my life. And until Google Calendar came along, man, I was just, I flubbed everything when it came to showing up on time and, and getting things done. And by Google Calendar, you mean your wife, uh, the fact that you two got married, and then all of a sudden you got your game together. Actually, uh, no, I think Google Calendar was oh, yeah? more important on that note. Okay. Yeah, seriously, Google Calendar has saved my life. Like it helps me, it just makes it easy to schedule stuff and reminds me of what I need to do. And you so, hear that, Emily? Joel's not going to give you any credit. <laughs> I'm not saying she hasn't changed my life for the positive more than Google Calendar. I'm just saying that Google Calendar is like uh, the thorn in my side telling me to do what I need to do. Fair enough. But some reminders are more important to heed than others, right? Like it, it makes me think of the gaslight that comes on in your car. It, let's say you're, it's a good reminder. You're still old school driving an, an ice powered vehicle, right? Uh, well, <laughs> when that gaslight comes on, you got to change course. You might have a little bit of time left, but the reality is that if you don't hit up a gas station in the near future, you're going to be stranded by the side of the road, uh, just not paying attention to it, blocking it out, sticking some electrical tape or, or something over, <laughs> over the top of that line. You're going to end up in a worse position. And and this episode is kind of here to function similarly to that gaslight. That's kind of a warning because you've basically got three months left in 2022. Yeah. You can either use them to your advantage attaining some of the financial goals that you've set out to achieve at the beginning of the year, maybe goals that you made in January, or you can attempt to coast into 2023 running on fumes. Uh, the The choice is up to you, but we're going to kind of hopefully give you a roadmap for what you can accomplish in uh, the next three months if you're to heed our warnings today. Yeah. And at risk of extending this metaphor a little bit too far, I'm going to do it anyway, because I think it totally fits. You've got to use some of that gas, that remaining gas that you have in the tank in order to actually get to the gas station, which will then allow you to get to your ultimate goal, your, your ultimate destination. Right. And I think the same thing is true when it comes to our money, like whatever money we have, funds that we've got in our savings account, maybe uh, the, the rest of this year, you might have goals, you might have things that you want to spend that money on. But what we're saying is you need to invest that money uh, 
so that down the road, potentially, you will have more money. Essentially, what we're talking about here is it's like delayed gratification. Like everybody wants to get to the beach a little bit sooner, but you can't just think, well, I don't, I don't want to pull over and get some more gas. That's just going to slow me down. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to do that <laughs> in order to actually achieve your goal. And in the same way, if, if we aren't making some of these wise moves with our money now, you might be thinking, well, no, I don't want to set that money aside. I want to be able to spend that on the things that are going to bring me happiness in life. Well, if you don't take some of that money and invest it, you won't actually have money ultimately to enjoy life down the road. Yeah. And and we've got more to talk about than just investing because there are literally some time sensitive topics here in regards to taxes, in regards to healthcare spending, that if you don't know the rules, you could end up losing money. You could just forfeit hundreds or thousands of dollars that you have been saving. Uh, And so you have to know about those things ahead of time so that you don't screw the pooch and like leave those dollars on the table floating away into the ether so that never to be seen again. Yeah. It's as if when the uh, the low gas warning light came on, it's like you didn't know that, that meant you needed to get gas. That's why we're, you know, we've got this episode here for you today, because like now, truthfully, is the perfect time to, to take a step back, to zoom out a touch and uh, to see where you are with your money goals. Because the reality is that there are some of these like hard and fast timelines approaching that can inhibit our ability to achieve those goals. Uh, and if you don't take advantage now, like the window is going to close, whether you like it or not. For example, like you'll want to be aware of some particular nuances with, uh, you know, on the student loan front, uh, you want to know what's going on with your workplace benefits. Uh, and there are a lot of tax implications that you should be thinking about now while you still have a few months to make some of these changes. Yeah, it doesn't really help to hear about it on December 30th. <laughs> exactly. Because like, you don't have time to then... You, I mean, you might have time to actually like fund an account, but how much money are you going to have set aside to actually successfully Well, in some that? of these things, it takes a minute to reallocate some of your yeah, resources yep. to make sure you're taking advantage to the fullest. Exactly. But the truth is, like we all have a limited time frame to be able to make the most optimal moves with our money, whether they are self-imposed goals or whether or not they're these rigid IRS rules. That's why today's episode is is so important. The clock is ticking and we want to make sure that this is something you are thinking about now. Yeah. And the reality is too, that you can, there's something about a time crunch that helps you realize that you got to get going. It, It can offer the necessary motivation. It makes me think of like NFL teams. They practice the two minute drill. It's amazing how sometimes it can take a a team 10 or 11 minutes to march down the field to score a touchdown whereas another team like i think appalachian state just uh, a week or two ago they they had like a hail mary touchdown in the last like final seconds of the game like it's possible to pull a hail mary right but uh, the more time you have if you have two two and a half three minutes it gives you gives you the chance to like execute a game plan as opposed to just like throwing up a prayer And, and that deadline can basically like rouse us from our laziness and Matt, I don't know about you, how you like to tackle projects when you were in college, but I was really good at procrastinating. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait until we, the last we all minute. Were. We all were. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even I remember trying to pull back to back all nighters one time, which was oh, really really hard. Big mistake. And one of my friends <laughs> said that chewing on coffee grounds would would help give you that extra caffeine <laughs> stimulation. I don't know why I didn't just like brew it and try it, but I remember like shoving coffee grounds into my mouth to try to keep myself awake. Like the actual grounds. Like I yeah. I've eaten coffee beans before. Like do you ever do that? No. Oh, you like you, chew them? Yeah. Well, like you with the coffee grounds, it makes me think of like like Wolf on Wall Street or whatever. You're sitting there <laughs> <laughs> like the cocaine scene. You're like, oh, I hate it, but I'm, I'm doing it for the high. Uh, I've done that with, I mean, because you can buy like chocolate covered coffee beans before. And one time I thought, well, why do you have to cover it in chocolate? So like if I'm running out and I don't not taste like crap, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, like if you get some beans that are better, like they don't taste like you're just chewing on like charcoal or mm-hmm. something like that. But if I'm running out the door and I don't have time to make coffee, sometimes you'll like, snack on some beans. I'll, I'll grab like a few. Yeah, like a little oh, small little pinch of beans and kind of crunch down them. Okay. Um, it's helpful to have a thing of water because it does get kind of grainy in well, your Well, if mouth. you're trying to stay up all night and write a paper, maybe maybe that's the ticket, but I don't know if I recommend that either. Yeah, I don't know why you recommend didn't. That either. Like you're sitting there working all night on the vapor, just actually brew some coffee. Yeah, like, yeah. Like it's a convenience thing for uh, for me. Yeah, and, and I, I get I, it. I don't do it often. Well, it, and the reality is that even though time is just like human invention, right? We all we all have the same 24 hours in a day, but the, the reality is clocks didn't, they didn't exist back in the caveman days, right? They had sundials. Sundials. Stone, back in caveman times? No, that was after caveman Stonehenge. Times. That's what that was all about. It was like yeah. a... Like a lunar calendar or something, but it's this it's this know. invention, right? To, <laughs> that that we can use in order to in order to help us achieve our goals. Sure, time is something that we now kind of all function according to. It's but, precious, but and yeah, when it comes to 
time, there are a lot of self-imposed uh, time deadlines that we can give ourselves that can function as a way to push us to make progress more quickly than maybe we otherwise would. Yeah, it actually makes me think of some of the uh, the, the how to money challenges that we launched at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, we, we talked about this back in episode 458, and maybe you signed up for a, a sell your stuff challenge. Uh, and if so, this is a great time for you to check in on your progress, you know, like even if You've only sold like five items. Sure, like you totally are behind, <laughs> but you still have time to make up for it with the remaining months that we have left this year. Uh, it's easier to sell one thing a week, but you can also make up for it quickly if you didn't do that. Uh, or maybe you opted for the, the 52-week savings challenge. If so, have you kept it up? If not, maybe you can buckle down and you can make up for lost time. You've just got to assess where you are at the moment and get motivated to get back on the horse. Because whether or not you jumped in on one of our money challenges, uh, or maybe you created some of your own goals at the beginning of the year, just know that there is still ample time for you to make some meaningful progress on some of these softer, self-imposed deadlines that help us to achieve our goals a little bit more efficiently, a little more quickly. Yeah. And again, if you you save the end of the year kind of uh, information until literally the very end of the year, it's tough for most people to take action on it. So again, that's why we want to give you the three-month heads up here, because that gives you the most chance to actually achieve the things you set out to achieve. Is that why the uh, the seventh inning, seventh inning stretch was invented? For the players to know that like, hey, you better get on it. If that you're, that if could you're... be, or I could be cynical and say it's just for a longer commercial break. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. Yeah, probably. But really, Matt, you, you just mentioned the how to money savings challenges or the sell your stuff challenge. Those are things that we instituted at the beginning of the year and we created downloadable PDFs because we wanted people to be able to track their progress and to be able to have a printable sheet of paper that would help them see how they're doing along the way. And maybe it got buried somewhere along the way or you just kind of forgot that that was a goal that you had set out for yourself. Well, maybe it's time to unbury <laughs> that piece of paper to find it, to see where you're at and realize, you know what? I did want to do this, but I let it fall completely off the radar. I can still accomplish that goal and I still have time to do it. And there's something else, Matt, that that a lot of people have, are saving up for and it's maybe just now starting to dawn on them as they're seeing like Christmas trees everywhere oh, they go yeah. in, in in stores and stuff like that. I think the I Christmas started seeing presents. that stuff in like end of August, which is just infuriating. <laughs> but uh, if you haven't started saving for holiday presents, for, for Christmas presents, for your friends and family, uh, if, you, if you don't already have a sinking fund that you've been utilizing all year long, socking money away into, now it's just a great time. It's a better time than... I don't know, next week or the month, a month later to be, to make a budget for holiday gifts so that you know how much money you need to save in order to not go into debt for Christmas. And so like, who are you buying for and how much do you hope to spend on each of those gifts? That, that's a good list to make now. So you know how much money you need to set aside. Then we would say, start funneling that money away now so that you actually have the cash on hand to be able to pay for those gifts without, like I said, going into debt, without using the credit card, without being able to pay it off. The truth is that uh, a huge percentage of Americans buy more than they intended to for others. They didn't have a budget in hand ahead of time for the holidays, so they just spent willy-nilly hoping that they would be able to pay off that debt. But in reality, uh, come January, they get the credit card bill and they're shocked and they don't have the money to pay it off. This is not an uncommon thing. And so the only way to prevent that is to start proactively planning and saving now. That's like one of those things we want to encourage you to do since you got three months left. You got time to save up for your holiday expenditures, but it's time to get that ball rolling now. That's right. Yeah. Now, honestly, the best time is January 1st. That's the uh, <laughs> the best time to start saving for over the course of an entire year. But the next best time right now. It's kind of like planting a tree, right? You should have planted yep. it two decades ago, but... You still should plant one today. You should have planted it yesterday, but the next best day to plant it today. The the, the average American, Joel, they spend around $1,000 on Christmas or holiday gifts. Uh, and so if that's about how much you plan to spend, that means that if you haven't been setting money aside up until now, that means you've got to save about $12 a day between now and the holidays. It's not going to be easy to cut back that much every single day, but again, better to do it now on the front end than to find yourself $1,000 or more in debt come January. And so some these are, you know, holiday savings, the, the different how to money challenges. These are some of the different softer deadlines that we've talked about. These are kind of self-imposed uh, soft deadlines. But the other year in money moves that we're going to talk about today are impacted by some much harder deadlines. Uh, some of those are set forth by the government. We'll get to those and what it is that you should be doing in response to those deadlines right after this. 
Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, we're back. We're still talking about end of year deadlines, how to reduce your taxes, maximize your money impact when you've got just over three months left in this year. And, and got Q4, baby. That's right. This is coming out here at the end of September. You've still got all of October, November, and December. And when you think about that, that's man, plenty of time. talking about 90 plus days, that's still a lot of time to have a big impact on your annual tax bill and on your ability to sock more money away into these things, into these goals that you have for yourself and into specific retirement accounts. Let's talk about that because yeah, that, you talked about, Matt, these these hard deadlines, right? There, there's some of these mm-hmm. things where it's like, okay, I didn't quite save up enough for Christmas as much as I wanted to. So one option you have is to just spend less. But when it comes to not contributing enough to your uh, 401k, let's say, in 2022, well, come January 1st, you don't get a do-over. <laughs> like that chance is gone. Mm. Uh, it's it's clearly defined by the IRS and you are SOL, right? If you don't take advantage of it. And th- the reason the federal government is getting involved with our retirement accounts is because these accounts have specific tax advantages. Basically, right. uh, the IRS is saying, okay, fine. We're not going to tax your retirement contributions, but here are the rules you have to abide by in order to get these tax breaks. And, and one of the rules is 
when you're allowed to slide money over into those accounts. And so if maxing out your retirement accounts for 2022 is your goal, well, you have three months left to do that. But I also want to say that maxing out your retirement uh, accounts, it, it might not be your goal. You, you might be early on the, the money gears, right? Yeah, Which we, a, it is a good goal to have for everybody at some point, but that may not be where you are. Exactly. And we don't want you to feel bad about that. When we right? talk about our money gears, it's basically the financial order of operations. And if you kind of maybe just started listening or you're just starting to get a handle on your personal finances, you don't go from zero to 100 overnight. And so you might just be at the place where you're trying to get that company match and to pay off some of that uh, credit card debt that's been hanging over you. That is that is the plan you should have, right? You shouldn't be planning to try to max out these accounts if you haven't taken care of those other things first. But regardless of how much you're saving investing for the future, know that you've got three months left to shift some things around. If this is your goal, if this is one of your top priorities, you can still funnel more money into those retirement accounts, but you got to get on the ball and you got to change those adjustments in the back end of your workplace retirement plan. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about 401ks. Certainly the most popular retirement account, the account that's most, if you're listening to this, you most likely have more money within your 401k. Uh, if that's available to you, than you do in any other retirement account. Mm-hmm. And you can contribute $20,500 to your workplace retirement account for 2022. Uh, if you are a little bit, little bit older, if you are over 50 years old, you can contribute an extra $6,500. And of course, the deadline to make these moves is going to be the end of this year, December 31st. But keep in mind, again, this is a ton of money. <laughs> there are just a whole lot of folks, even ridiculously money savvy folks who aren't necessarily trying to max out this account every single year. That's okay. Um, but if this is your goal, uh, like like Joel said, now is a great time to check in on your progress. You can log into the back end, make some changes to your budget and ramp up the percentage of your income, of your paycheck that you're socking away so that you can make this a reality, yeah. uh, regardless of how much you are or how close you are to maxing maxing that account out. We would love to be able to see you monitoring your progress to make sure that you are at least receiving an employer match if that's available to you, but also just challenging yourself to hopefully sock away more money. Yeah, and money always evolves trade-offs, right? You're gonna have to take away from someplace else in your life to be able to then make this goal happen. So you're gonna have to take a long, hard look at where your money's currently going. Could it be better used, funneled into that retirement account? And if that's a goal you've set for yourself, there's a way to make it happen. But also, yeah, don't feel the pressure. Like you actually have to do it to be a financially savvy individual. There's a lot of people like we've talked about, Matt, just uh, investing in the Roth IRA alone, which has a contribution limit of $6,000. You can still become a millionaire through that one account only. So since we're talking about the Roth, let's keep talking about that and how that is another account where if your goal is to sock away the max amount you can, which is $6,000, you're going to want to check in on your progress there. Uh, although <laughs> there's a caveat with, with the Roth in particular that you, you don't actually have to max it out before the end of the year. You can actually wait That's until right. April 15th to fully fund the Roth uh, for 2022. But even so, if you're keen on socking away the max amount of $6,000, you might need to start ramping up your weekly or monthly contribution amount now in order to make that goal a reality. Let's say you have put in so far $500. Well, you're starting at kind of a disadvantage, right? Because you've got a lot of ground to make up. So that's going to mean shifting some goals around in order to funnel more money in that direction, if that's your goal. And and plus, I don't know about you, Matt, I like to get started on 2023 contributions as early as possible. So I don't even like to wait until next year to kind of uh, continue to finish funding that account. I'd prefer to max everything out in the current year just makes it easier for my brain to think about too even though i know i can wait until next year to to finish funding my roth i'm like like eh. to keep, keep that on the calendar year yeah and not get the fiscal individual retirement account yeah, year exactly <laughs> the, the irs allows it just helps my brain keep it straight and it also just means that my money is is getting to work for me even sooner which has proven over i mean when you look at history when you look at the past when you are investing a lump sum at the beginning of the year you are more likely to see higher returns by doing that rather than slowly buying every single month mm-hmm. rather than dollar cost averaging throughout some, the year some folks could point to this year and be like ah not not true this year <laughs> at least so far that is that is true but which is th- which is true but if you look at it would be this year 2022 would be an outlier yeah exactly um, but there might be a lot of folks who, who are saying that they need those additional three and a half months to have that money set aside for their ira but if 
you have that money, no shame in that game. They, yeah, there's there's no shame for sure. But if you have that money, go ahead and pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> point you, in waiting. If you, yeah, because what are you waiting on? And I think sometimes folks might be thinking, well, I'm waiting for the market to drop. And I would say, good luck with that. (laughs) Because when do you pull the trigger? When do you actually make that purchase happen? We would recommend for folks, ideally, to just get ahead of that cycle. I mean, I would love to see folks saving for 2023 in 2022. That's, I mean, that's what Kate and I are doing. And what that means, specifically for 2023 is IRA contribution, uh, the contribu- contribution limit has gone from 6000 to $6,500, which means that this year, instead of, if, if you're kind of ahead of the game, you're not, you shouldn't only be setting aside $500 a month in order to have that full $6,000 next year. You actually want to be setting aside something like $542 every single month so that you have that full $6,500 ready to deploy come January 1st. So again, if you haven't been keeping an eye on that, know that you still have time, but the window, it's closing. It's not It's not closing quite as fast, though. <laughs> we'll say that. Uh, and let's talk about HSAs, which are health savings accounts, because these are probably our favorite retirement accounts out there, uh, and it just doesn't get enough love. Sadly, though, this account is often confusing for a lot of folks, and they think that socking away money to pay for medical expenses that you'll incur in the same year, like th- like that is how you're supposed to use it. But not if you're keen to invest a ton of money for your future, that's going to be 100% immune from taxation, uh, because the HSA is literally the only account that allows you to invest for retirement and avoid taxation completely. Uh, and so if you have access to one, right, if you have a high deductible health care plan, now would be a great time to reassess what you're doing with the money that is going into your HSA. And, you know, given the smaller contribution limits, it feels, I think, even more accessible to, to max out these yeah. accounts. Uh, individuals, you're looking at 3650 annually. If you have a family, the contribution limit is 7300 and uh, we actually did a deep dive back in episode 105 on this account. So if you want to know just how glorious it can be, I would recommend that you go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, I, I feel like HSAs are kind of like misunderstood emo kids in high school. You know, it's like <laughs> you, you might have certain thoughts about what's going on with that kid on the inside, but you don't really know. And I might speak from personal experience, but still, uh, I think HSAs are like that. They're this retirement account that is mislabeled. Most people don't understand how fruitful it can be for you over the long run. And we need to give us give it a second look. I actually just recently recently in our Facebook group, Matt, which by the way, join the How to Money Facebook group. Awesome people helping each other out. Someone said, man, I wish I joined this Facebook group years ago because I spent down all my HSA money. Every, although Every single year? Yeah, well, <laughs> she spent it down. And then and then she said, but I'm seeing now how other people are using this account to build up retirement savings for themselves and their future. And I wish I would have done that. But she said she's got access to an HSA now. And so that's how she's handling her current account. But it's one of those superpowers that you can, that you can utilize when saving for retirement using your HSA effectively is like massive extra wind at your back as you're saving for your future. Triple tax advantage. That's right. Well, and and on the note of paying for healthcare expenses, we also want to encourage you to spend, not save, but spend your FSA dollars. And so that's why- uh, Your flexible spending account. That's right. And that's why these Mm -hmm. things get so confusing is because the names can sound almost the exact same, but these accounts are totally different and they function completely differently. Uh, FSA and HSA accounts are not the same and they don't act the same. So whereas the HSA is this great long-term investment account, you should be sticking money in there, investing it and letting it grow tax-free for your future. Well, the, the FSA- is only really good for paying for same year healthcare costs, which is the exact opposite of what we want you to do with an HSA. So instead of investing for your future, uh, this account, the FSA, functions in a use it or lose it kind of way. You're you're often allowed to roll at least some of those unspent dollars into future years, typically a few hundred bucks. Although over the last couple of years, because of the pandemic, the rules were actually more lax regarding FSAs. And that means that you might actually have more money in your FSA account than ever before because you'd been allowed to roll more money over than usual. You might have thousands of dollars sitting in that account that you're not sure what to do with. But the reality is you're bumping up against another end of your deadline. That's right. Yeah. So first, what you need to do, you need to figure out how much money you've got left in this account. And then after that, you want to know what your employer's specific rules are, because some are going to have a grace period, uh, which means that 
you don't necessarily have to spend all of those funds down until maybe in the spring. Like they'll give you a few months. Now, others have a rule stating that you've got to spend it all by the end of the year, December 31st. It's, there, there's going to be a hard deadline. Uh, there's a bunch of them, though, that'll let you roll at least some of those funds over to the next year. Uh, but regardless, once you hit those employer deadlines, whenever it might be, any money that you've gotten there that exceeds those limits, poof, like it's just going to completely vanish. It's uh, money you saved that now goes to waste. Literally, it just disappears. Uh, so go ahead, spend it on FSA eligible items if you have overfunded your FSA. So you can stop stock up on sunscreen, just medicine, right? Like ibuprofen, um, contacts, uh, if you have to. Feminine hygiene products now qualify as, as, as FSA 20, eligible expenses. That's right. And if you're not sure what is eligible, you can find a list on the internet or you can just shop at uh, fsastore.com. Amazon, actually, they've got an FSA store as well. And we'll make sure to link to both of those in our show notes. All right, Matt. So yeah, spending those FSA dollars is important. Whether it's a medical procedure you've been putting off, if you've got money sitting around lying in that account, spend it, right? Because you don't want it to vanish. That's right. Or at least spend it on hundred bottles of sunscreen. Maybe, maybe you can like flip it and make a profit. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that's allowed. But uh, something else that uh, a lot of people are going to want to consider as kind of a, a Q4 money goal that you, you're going to want to accomplish is filling out the FAFSA. This is the not, F- a, not a, a FSA. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so many abbreviations during this episode. And they all <laughs> blend together, sadly. But everyone's heard of the FAFSA. It's obviously yeah. very different than these uh, different health-based uh, savings and, and spending accounts. But this one task, if you've got a high school senior, could save you a, a lot of money. And that's because, yeah, if they're planning to go to college, your high school senior, this should be a top priority because of all the money that's at stake, even if you're a high income earner uh, by filling out this FAFSA. And and this one might seem a bit premature since we're talking about the 2023-2024 school year, but the earlier you fill out the FAFSA and apply uh, to, to schools, the more likely your child is going to be to get financial aid. Oftentimes, right. it's first come, first serve. You want to be first in line at that buffet. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the all you can eat, the, the financial <laughs> rewards buffet that colleges are dishing out. Exactly. Like you want to be first at that table at the head of the line so that they're saying, Saying, offering their most generous rewards packages to you and to your family, exactly. to your child. Yeah, you don't want to be at the back of the line, and by the time you get to the roast beef station, the carving station, they're just out of meat. Yeah, they're like sorry, all you see is like the fatty parts laying there on the board, and you're just like you're bummed. Like that, that's that's no fun. And then you start a riot in Golden, Golden Corral. <laughs> that's right. Start throwing what kid seats are all all around, hitting people in the head. Well, the the reality is the portal is not quite open yet, but it opens on October first, and so you can just head straight to fafsa.gov and and. And also, by the way, it wouldn't hurt to go back and listen to episode 337 that we did with Ron Lieber, New York Times columnist about paying uh, less for your college education. But if you're in this phase of life, it's time to get up to speed and get that FAFSA completed. This is one of those things where if you delay, you pay. Like it's gonna it's gonna cost you money. You're not gonna get the the full largesse that some of these colleges have yeah. to offer. You wanna be at the top of the list, even filling it out, you know, at the beginning of the new year is gonna put you behind the eight ball and and could cost you thousands of dollars. That's right, man. Yeah. So we've already talked about maxing out retirement accounts, uh, but contributing more to your 401k, it'll benefit you from a tax standpoint as well. We didn't even touch on that. And so we're going to talk about that and other smart tax moves that you should be thinking about. We'll get to all of that right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Matt, we have covered a lot of great things already on the show that the financially savvy can do, even in the next 90 days, in order to get better with their money and more rapidly achieve their financial goals, have savings on hand to pay for upcoming expenses, and just maximize the money maybe that they've already saved in something like NFSA. But let's talk about taxes here uh, in this last section, because... That's, that's something else people want to do. Like, how do I, in the next 90 days, make adjustments in order to mm-hmm. lower my tax bill for 2023? Well, first things first, let's talk about student loans because we, we've kind of touched on this on a couple of Friday Flight episodes in, recently. Yeah. But if you're one of the tens of millions of people who had a portion of their student loans forgiven recently... I'm sure there was, you know, some rejoicing in your household, of course. But the good news is that you're not going to have to worry about the IRS hounding you to pay taxes on the amount of debt that you were forgiven. But while you're not going to pay federal income tax on that forgiveness amount, depending on which state you live in, you might uh, be the recipient of a bigger than usual tax bill coming from, at least from that angle. So there are close to a dozen states who might be going this route. It's still up in the air. But we would suggest that you start planning for that if you live in a state that is opting to tax student loan forgiveness recipients. Save up now in order to pay those extra hundreds of dollars you'll owe come tax time. You still come out ahead if you were forgiven somewhere between ten dollars and $20,000. But you also might need to come out of pocket with a few hundred dollars uh, to meet that increased tax bill. And you're just going to want to be aware of that up front and be planning for it. Yeah, yeah heck yeah. Uh, also, speaking of student loans, payments are set to resume when the new year starts. Your budget 
it might not currently include that recurring payment, uh, which is completely understandable because it's been a long, long time since you've had to, <laughs> to make that payment. We were we were younger men with fewer gray hairs <laughs> when student loan payments were a thing. When that was a reality. Uh, but it is unlikely that forbearance is going to extend any further. Uh, so you're going to want to start, you, you want to incorporate that payment back into your budget for 2023. Uh, you've got a few months to get adjusted to, to having it back in your life. We just want to make sure that you are fully prepared for the reality uh, that is this likely substantial monthly bill. That's going to come roaring back after years of being absent. We would recommend you just start maybe trimming back now in order to make room for it. You can even... I would carve that money out for savings or something right now. Yeah, or maybe like you didn't have a a holiday gift spending budget, but do that now. Start carving that money out. You can put that money towards gifts at the end of this year and then maintain that line item once your student loan kicks back and year while also maybe setting aside a smaller monthly monthly amount that you are putting aside for gifts for December 2023. Yeah, the worst thing could happen though is to just be shocked when you when you get that uh like first you're, you're just frightened by it. Yeah, you're just like, "What? I didn't <laughs> I didn't I wasn't planning on this. <laughs> Where did that come from?" And it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars like yeah. it could be for a lot of people it's as much as a car payment is. And uh if you also have a car payment, then you're in the worst <laughs> of, the, of both worlds. But yeah, planning for those student loans to resume it, uh, now right now is real smart. And uh, Matt, let's talk about just a couple other tax moves that people can make in order to have to pay Uncle Sam less come April of next year for the 2022 calendar year. And when we talk about maybe some of the tax moves that we can make, some are more straightforward, like contributing more to those retirement accounts. People know that they're going to lower their AGI accordingly. And that it's going to, that every dollar they put into a traditional 401k or a traditional IRA is going to benefit them come tax time. But let's get a little bit nerdier and discuss a few strategies that you can implement in the coming months to lower that tax bill in maybe less obvious ways. Tax loss harvesting is one of those things. And it's not something that we talk about a lot on the show. But if you're investing in inside of a brokerage account, in addition to the tax advantage retirement accounts mm-hmm. that we discuss here on How to Money, it's likely because you're on the ball, right? <laughs> when it comes to that you're killing it. Yeah, yeah. You're you're being smart about your financial future and you're saying, not only am I going to prioritize these tax advantage accounts, I'm also going to sock some money away in these more flexible uh, brokerage accounts that are available to me too. You're, you're trying to grow your money in all the ways that you possibly can, basically. And, and so that means you might want to take advantage of some tax loss harvesting while your investments might be sagging just a little bit. They're not. This is a good time of the year to talk about this yeah, as well. They're, yeah. not, they're not doing as good <laughs> lately. And so, yeah, you might want to take advantage of tax loss harvesting, which is basically making lemonade out of some lemons you've been dealt. Mm-hmm. The way that works is that you simply sell a security, like a stock or an ETF, at a loss in order to lock in capital losses. And you might be saying, sell at a loss? That is something you guys advise against. You guys want me to be in it for the long haul. And that's true, but you're then able to to use this loss to offset any gains that your portfolio may have experienced. You're making a crappy situation a little bit better. You're harvesting that tax loss and putting it to use. And Matt, can you actually tell our listeners how they can take advantage of tax loss harvesting, getting the tax benefit without necessarily locking in those losses. Yeah. So so the details, you are only limited to $3,000 of tax loss harvesting per year. Um, but the good news, right, if you've got more than that in losses, you can roll the additional amount forward to apply to future years. Uh, and what's really cool too, as well, is you can do this indefinitely because those capital losses, they never expire. Uh, but many of us, aren't interested in drawing down on our portfolios, right? Like we are investing for the long haul. uh, And so luckily there's a way to take advantage of tax loss harvesting while at the same time remaining invested. Uh, And the trick is to do this without breaking the wash sale rule. Uh, which So we, we had to define that as well. Uh, according to the IRS, a wash sale occurs when you sell at a loss and then repurchase the same security or, or something that's substantially similar within 30 days. But the simple way around this is to buy something that the IRS considers different enough. And so, for example, let's say that you decided to sell some of your S&P 500 index fund. So that's great. You were able to lock in those losses, but then you're going to rebuy so that you stay invested. But instead of repurchasing an S&P 500 index fund, instead, you can look at something like a total stock market index fund. I literally did just this earlier this summer. And what's crazy is that to you, it looks the same, <laughs> right? For like the function... And the returns are incredibly similar incredibly on both those similar. funds because they're Pretty, they're like uh, they're twin siblings, basically. But they're, yeah, they're very similar to, to the purposes that they serve within my portfolio. But they but, are still but to the IRS. Enough, yeah, they are very different because they track 
very different things. Uh, and so that's a small example. I'm also going to do a little COA and say we are not tax professionals. <laughs> and th- there are some tricky nuances. And so we would recommend that you reach out to a tax professional if this is something that you are considering or if you have a more complicated situation. But basically, that is how tax loss harvesting works. Uh, and that's how you are able to do it without uh, violating that, that uh, the wash sale rule. All right. I like it. A way yeah. to, to potentially get uh, claim thousands of dollars of loss on your tax return, substantially reducing the amount of tax you owe while still kind of maintaining the same long-term investment thesis, not having to violate that and exactly. get, sell out of things and then kind of uh, cash out, right? Yeah. And one cool thing too, uh, crypto actually uh, is not regulated. Like the wash sale rule does not apply to cryptocurrencies. And so if you like us, <laughs> we're like, let me, you know, let's put a very, very small amount into crypto. And regardless of whatever crypto coin you've invested in, you have seen that plummet <laughs> drastically. Because they all have. Um, the the wash sale rule does not apply to crypto. And so what you could l- quite literally do, sell it, lock in those losses, repurchase that exact same coin. You'll be able to take advantage of that tax loss harvesting while simultaneously not violating any IRS rules. So yeah. that's something to, to keep in mind. That might change. And holding on to the same amount of whatever cryptocurrency yep. you were already invested so, so in. So effectively, everything is the same. Um, and this might change in the future. So the IRS, they haven't, uh, at the time of this recording, have not addressed crypto. They yeah. they were talking about doing it end of last year. They didn't yeah. get around to it. They, they consider it, pro- I think, property. It's not considered a security yet, but that might change in the future. Yeah, we'll for see. sure. All right, let's talk about something else, Matt, because we talked about retirement accounts. But there's another thing you can do with your retirement accounts that can benefit you from a tax standpoint. And it's, it's even more about relevant right now. And that's uh, attempting a Roth conversion. And the funny thing is, this is actually going to increase your taxable income for 2022 if you opt to, to go this route. But does that mean that we're smoking something? Because we just recommended something that is like actually going to increase people's taxes. The whole goal is for people to pay less in taxes, right? And, and find strategies to ensure they're able to do that over the next 90 days. We would say no, because what we are all about is your holistic ability to pay less tax over your entire lifetime. And so, yeah, we if you save more in taxes just this year, but it leads to a larger tax burden for years to come, that's not a good move. You want to think about it uh, all the way through. And so, yeah, a bigger 2022 tax bill might be just what the doctor ordered in order to allow you to curb tax bills moving forward. And the truth is that a Roth conversion, it doesn't make sense for everyone. Really, when you the factors you have to consider, so much depends on how much money you've got stashed away inside of an old 401k or inside of a traditional IRA. It depends on how much money you currently make and how much you've got on hand in savings. You're going to want to do your due diligence and consider all those factors before you say, cool, Roth conversion it is. Mm-hmm. But, but for some folks, Matt, it could make a lot of sense and it could dramatically reduce future tax liability. Yeah, for instance, another scenario, if you find yourself in a lower tax bracket and and you still have the cash on hand to pay the tax bill when you file, converting your traditional retirement account over to a Roth IRA, it could be the perfect move for you to consider, especially since if you know you haven't noticed, again, the market hasn't been doing so hot this year. Uh, this is one of those one of those bigger moves. And assessing your specific financial situation is really important before you pull the trigger. You can certainly read up on it. You can figure out whether or not this is the right move for you. But again, it might make sense to maybe pay uh, for a little bit of time with a fee-only financial advisor. That, again, would be something that we would recommend you do before you completely upend your retirement accounts uh, and, and offer something different. Yeah, and it's not that you can't DIY this. It's just that there's a lot of complexity to it. And if you do something, it can't be undone and it can have catastrophic tax uh, consequences. And so you might want to talk to somebody who's familiar with these things before you just say, cool, I know very a very little amount. Matt and Joel said a Roth conversion is a smart move for me, for me to make or to consider at least, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it because those guys are right, right? Well, no, this is a complex maneuver and yes. you want to make sure you're doing it properly so that you're not taking a, a tax bullet right now that should be pushed further down the road. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, uh, think it through and maybe talk to an expert before you kind of get the ball rolling. And, and, and let's talk about something else, Matt, that people need to consider before the end of year, and that is giving money away. Now is just a great time for people to start thinking about money that they want to give to nonprofit organizations that they care about. I personally, I like to plan those donations out across the year instead of doing lump sum donations end of year, giving it all away in Q4. But if you've been meaning to donate and you haven't yet, 
we would say to start thinking about that now. Start thinking about how you can make it happen. You've still got time to plan for your giving, for your giving goals without crushing your ability to meet other goals. The truth is that a vast majority of folks, they take the standard deduction. Something like 90% of Americans, Matt, take the standard deduction. And so giving money away isn't going to impact their tax liability. Uh, So there's no tax benefit to giving that money away for a lot of people. But knowing your specific situation is important on this one too, because let's say you do itemize deductions. It is going to be a benefit to your bottom line from a tax perspective. Either way, we'd say giving your money away is a good thing, right? It's good for us to be parted from our money sending our money off to do good in the world with organizations that we care about doing work that we care about. Plus, we think that it helps lessen our overall attachment to our money, helping us reinforcing the fact that it is a tool to do good things and it's not just something to accumulate and then hoard. Exactly. Yeah, it keeps us from from living like that miserly existence where we are just hoarding and being greedy and just, you know, shoring up our retirement accounts. We like to kind of maintain that that posture of openness when it comes to the money. And like, I mean, money that we feel that we've been, that's been given to us to steward, right? Like whether you're you're someone that, who has faith, who believes in, in God, that this is money that, that you've received from God, or if you believe that like this is money like from the universe. I like either way, it's a good practice to give your money away. And Joel, you know, Winston Churchill, he's famous for the phrase, I think it's him actually. I feel like there's a lot of misattributed quotes. <laughs> Rahm Emanuel is the other one who said this. One, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, don't let a good crisis go to waste. And what I think Churchill meant by that was to turn a crisis into action taking. That crisis should lead to long lasting change. That goes, that goes beyond the solving of just the immediate emergency. And so piggybacking on that, we'd say that you shouldn't let a good deadline go to waste. We are, you know, again, we've got three months to go. And instead, we want to let this looming deadline, the end of the year, we want it to motivate you to take action in order to, to lower your tax bill, right? In, in order to increase your investing, or even something as simple as just selling some of the just additional crap you've got in your garage. You've, you've got over three months left in 2022. And we want this episode to prompt you to accomplish more than you otherwise would have been able to do. We want we want this episode to be the warning light on your dashboard. As, fire under your butt. <laughs> exactly. So that you're able to accomplish more with the remaining time that you've got this year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, all right, Matt, let's, let's get back to the beer that we had on this episode. This one is called Pickle Down Economics. It's by Bosque Brewing. Uh, and yeah, it's a, a pickle. It goes with pickles in it, right? Goza with pickle. Yeah, it's a what, calling what all pickle lovers. Pickle Down Economics is a briny goza that'll bring a pucker to your face. It's got a bunch of other descriptions here. It says it's got gallons and gallons of dill juice, <laughs> which you can totally taste. You can tell right when you Holy pop the can. Holy cow. And you can definitely taste it in the beer. I've definitely never had a, a beer that was, uh, <laughs> that, that, I mean, it tastes like you're, it's like a wide mouth pickle jar and it's, all the pickles are gone. You pull the jar out of the fridge, you twist the top off and just start drinking. Uh-huh. It. Like, <laughs> that's what this beer is like. And so, Joel, did you like it? I no. noticed. I'm just going to be honest. You, you've got a lot of your beer left. I took three sips and I just puckered <laughs> hard every time. It's not just because it was too sour. It's just because pickle juice, just to the, me, the flavor is a disgusting flavor. You don't like dill? Not really. Yeah. I'm not, I'll eat a pickle, but like pickle juice is the most raw form of a pickle. And it's, it, <laughs> I don't know, man, too vinegary. It's, it's not my jam. I love sour beers. I kind of like pickles, but pickle in my beer. Sorry, not my jam. What, what? I appreciate Bob giving us this beer, and I w- I'm so stoked we tried it because I've never had. Uh, this is a pretty unique beer. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if I've ever had a pickle-based beer before. I don't but think I have either. I, yeah. I hope to never have another one. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, you told me your story about you. A friend told you. He told me the pickle juice was a hangover well, cure. It was like a hangover cure. So you've got bad memories uh, of being in college. And, and so he was like, just chug this. Throwing some of that back. And so I was like, that, I, no. I can see how you would associate that with. <laughs> <laughs> I drink more of mine. I, I don't know what. I drink like five eighths of my glass here. Um, but even still, once I got closer to the bottom, there's a certain amount of palate fatigue, even though I do like that that sourness, uh, that that pucker. I'm a fan of dill for sure. But honestly, I'm just glad that there's a brewery out there who decided to make a beer like this. Yeah. Because they thought, you know what? We're just going to do something different than what everybody else is doing out there. Plus, we're going to give it a dope name, (laughs) a nerdy name, regardless if you feel that this is a true principle or not. I'd be curious to hear from a true pickle lover what they think of this beer. Someone who truly loves pickles and beer, I would think this would be right at the alley. Do we have more of these? Because Kate loves pickles. Oh, yeah. I think we do have another one in the fridge. fridge. I'll take it home. Kate, I bet Kate will love it. Okay. We'll get her (laughs) review on the show. She might have a different feeling. 
But again, big thanks to Bob and his yeah. wife for donating this beer. Either way, it was fun to try something new. For sure. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. And you can find show notes, links to some of the resources that we mentioned in this episode up on our site at howtomoney.com. That's right, buddy. So that's going to be it. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.